Lord, thanks for, um, yeah, thanks for the relationship that Scott has with you, Lord. Thank you that through his relationship with you, um, we see your goodness, we see your kingdom, we see your love for others. And so, Holy Spirit, as Scott shares with us now about um, Advent and hope, we ask, Lord, that you would just anoint the words, touch our hearts, make us more like Jesus, and help us to love people like you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, mate. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all. Uh, Miriam, because i got the microphone, I'm going to take the opportunity to add one more word for you. Um, the Holy Spirit, I felt like, was all over your feet, and he said that you are, they are ready for adventure. Your feet are ready to follow him into the adventure he's got for you. So I agree with the words. It's not going to be a passive thing. Your ne- next season going to be quite active, apparently. So have fun. Strap in. Enjoy the ride. Um, Gosh, also, how, how, I got to tell you as a preacher, sometimes it's really unfair to get up after the worship team. It's like, can we just stay there? And like, <laughs> that was just wonderful time. So thank you to Neil, Simone, Beck. It's just, just a great time of worship and, and, and the sense of the presence. Uh, I agree with Neil. The sense almost that, of like that holiness of the temple. Um, was evident amongst us this morning. So thank you to, to all of you for, for taking us to that place. It's wonderful. All right. The next four weeks focused on Advent. Who's excited? <laughs> well, there we go. There's a good platform to go from. Let me ask again, and it doesn't have to be false. Who's excited? You are? Okay, well, we'll work with that. We'll work with that. We're going to, over the next four weeks, focus on four key words uh, from the scriptures. Hope, peace, joy, love. I got the order right? I think we're going with that order. Um, and today we're going to start on, on hope. But um, my, my fear sometimes around these words in this season is that they become a little bit of buzzwords. And they get pulled out for December and they get parked sometimes for the rest of the year. Or maybe not love. But I think it's fair to say that maybe hope, peace, and joy, um, they definitely do. And I guess if we measure those three in particular through the lens of human behavior or current um, global circumstance that surround us, then it's no wonder that those three words would become a little bit ideological, where they get thrown around in a season where we must endure it before we settle back into the reality of of some of what exists around us. And I think if we do that as Christians and and we become, it it really is a danger that we would be, that Christmas would become little more than a classic Disney uh, movie with a little bit of eight pound six sweet baby Jesus thrown in and sprinkled in to the season. Little reference to a movie, if some of you know it, and some of you are laughing because you do know that reference to that movie. Yeah, have you ever, how many of you enjoy the carols, watching the TV, the carols? Yeah, I, I love it too. And uh, I have to confess, no judgment, please. I actually think Delta Goodrum has one of the most amazing female voices 
not talking about anything else except <laughs> for her voice and things. I just, if, when I hear her sing, I'm like, oh my goodness, my attention is grabbed every time. And I was watching the carols one night, and to my utter joy, it was announced that she was going to sing Oh Holy Night, my favorite carol. And it was like the bringing together of two worlds, and I was like, yes, can't wait for that. And she sung it, and I was like, oh, oh, what, what, oh, <laughs> I'm not so sure about that, Delta. I still think you've got an amazing voice, but I'm like, what, what, just, what just happened there? And I was left empty. And I was like, why, why is it feeling so empty? This, this voice that I love, this carol that I love, and the Lord was really quick in behind it. And he said, it's, it's, she doesn't mean what she's singing, Scott. She doesn't, she's singing it. She doesn't, she doesn't mean it. And in contrast, good old Sylvia, Sylvia, Sylvie, Sylvie Palladino. She cracked it out another year and it was like the Holy Spirit just dropped on that sucker and you could just feel it coming through the TV. The sense of passion and desire, the joy, the peace, the love, the hope that she had as she sung those words because it meant something to her. Her lens was a kingdom lens. It wasn't just a, I wish, I hope, I, it could be. She meant it. She was anchored into those words as she sung it. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to change the lens of those four words. We're going to look at them through a biblical kingdom view of what those four words actually mean, not through the lens of the world and where we might get then sucked into oh, just all the stuff that goes around that, but we would actually seek Jesus, find Jesus in and through this season that we would be invited to consider afresh the wonder of the Christmas story, the miracles, the hope of promise fulfilled, the offer of peace of all, to all mankind with God. Now, I'm going to stop there and say very quickly, peace from a kingdom view, not peace from a wish of no more war and things like that. Peace from a kingdom view is very, very different. The joy of heaven as the Son of God took on human flesh and the unquenchable love of the Father to send his Son onto the earth. There is deep theological truth in the carols, if we'll listen to them. There is fullness of life on offer this Advent season. There is renewed promise of God with us. And what does that actually mean for each one of us in our daily existence? I'm not asking each of us to believe in the magic of Christmas. I'm asking us to receive the revelation and embrace the tension, which we'll go into in just a minute. So let's today, together, let's look at our first word, hope. Let's go into um, hope and have a bit of a dig through the Bible and also what that might mean for our lives. Oh, look at you guys go. You're awesome. Is that you, Wayne? Thanks for doing that, mate. Um, slides up the back, follow along with me as we go. And I really do feel very honoured to speak about this one because over the last little while, wherever I seem to turn, I don't know about you, but this word hope and the activity of or lack thereof, dare I say as well, just seems to be popping up everywhere all the time. Um, be it my workplace, be it my personal life, be it 
at a societal level, be it at a global level. It just seems to always be coming up. And that culminated it for me uh, a few weeks ago as we, a few of us here attended the vigil for the young girl who tragically lost her life because of another person's choice. I was there at that vigil and I, and I really, I felt grief for those impacted. And I felt sadness for the state of society, anger at evil, so much anger at evil. And then in the midst of that, I cried out that everybody there would know the Father's love. And right on the back of that quiet little prayer that I was praying, I suddenly felt, well, didn't feel much at all. And I was like, what is going on? It was like this emptiness just came over me. And I was really struggling as, as that was going on because it's not a, it's not a, I can't say feeling because it's, it's just not there. It's like nothingness. It's just, you, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to feel. It was just empty. I'm like, I don't, I don't know that often, Lord. What, what, why, why, what, what's going on here? And he quietly whispered to me, that is the void that exists when there is no hope in me. When there's no hope in me. And then I cried. <laughs> I cried a lot. To the point where all I could get out to the people next to me was, there's no hope here. There's no hope here. And I cried and I cried. And so I've been reflecting, not just in that time, but through other circumstances, on kingdom hope. And want to share some of these reflections, conversations, and scriptures that might stir us out of the Christmas ritual and into the wonder of kingdom hope because it is a wonder so I've got three quick things for you this morning to talk through about kingdom hope and we can go to the next slide guys look how so good you're just awesome I don't even feel like I need to turn around to see if it's up there um old or new testament the principle of hope remains the same the kingdom hope is centered on the person the promises and the proven history of the trinity I'll say it again. Old or New Testament, the principle of hope remains the same because kingdom hope is centered on the person, the promises, and the proven history of the Trinity. We are not given over to hope that is about optimism, like we're playing the odds. That is not our story. We're not throwing the dice and hoping the numbers come up for us in the situation. Our hope, it is anchored it is anchored to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's anchored, people. It's locked down in them. You don't have to wish. You don't have to roll the dice. You can know because of who God is, what he's done. And so what we can actually do is we can look back in order to look forward Kingdom hope says, look back at what, who God is and what he's done. His promises, the promises also fulfilled. Look back at those things, lean into those things and then move forward by doing so. In the Old Testament, hope of what God would do and did came in the covenant, lots of the covenant process, uh, promises. I'm not going to go there because there's a man up the back who does an excellent job. Go listen to Neil's teachings. 
uh, on the covenants. Uh, un- awesome teachings, solid theology. Go and have a look at those. But in a nutshell, descendants numerous as the stars, people called out of slavery, all were promises and all were fulfilled, and into God's presence as his own, ways of living in God's community, and the promised land given, and the temple where God's presence would dwell with his people. But stuff-ups, mess-ups, boom crash, everybody, Israel in exile, that, that's all gone to pot. And suddenly then we see throughout the Old Testament and in the Psalms, the prophets come and they also call out for a restored hope that the kingdom will come and will break in again, but it's going to be different this time. It's going to look different to what it did previously. And they look back, all the prophets, they look back, they look, you read through the scriptures, if you go and read them, they look back at what God had done. You you hear the call and the cry, you were this, you said this, we're calling on who you are because you said this and because you did this, we're now crying out that it would happen again, Lord. Let it come, let it come. this This is a big one. And, and I really would encourage every believer in Jesus, search the Old Testament scriptures and look for your king and the promises of the king and what it meant as a result of him coming. You cannot make that stuff up. 400 years of prophecy all aligning to Jesus. And the season we celebrate right now and him coming in human form is where we are right now. Promise fulfilled promise fulfilled so we lean we look back in order that we can lean forward post the resurrection of Jesus and in the early church they speak heavily of their hope in all circumstances being centered on the person of Jesus because of his birth his death and his resurrection in 1 Peter and I've got some scriptures up there they're for you to take home and go and read some more and, and continue to explore this theme of hope. Again, the invitation's there. It's, it's up to you whether you want to take that on. But 1 Peter 1.3 says, In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. It's Jesus. He is our living hope. He is our anchor. Sorry to continue the scripture. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Now there's a promise. Now there is a promise to center on this Christmas. Or Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, 1, 8 to 10, and I'll just quickly read that. It's a bit chunky to write on your notes. nearly there we do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself indeed we felt we had received the sentence of death well that's pretty desperate situation But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead, a.k.a. reference Jesus. He raised Jesus from the dead. 
So we're leaning into that is what Paul's saying. He has us delivered from such a deadly peril and we will, he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that we will, he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. What a great, great scripture that no matter what you're going through, even to the point of death, that Paul says we choose to lean into the God who raises the dead. We're the, Jesus, we, he is our hope. And in all circumstances, we look to him and we lean on him. We look back in order that we might move forward. I want to ask you a question today, and maybe you want to write this one down. What is your look back so that you can move forward? Where are the promises in your life in this Advent season? Where are those promises that God's made? Where is the activity where he came through time and time and time again to save you, to heal you, to free you, to provide for you? Where is your look back in order that you might be able to move forward this Advent season? Simple question, but boy, it has flow and effects throughout the rest of your life. And in particular, if you do those kind of things in the morning, it has a wonderful impact on what happens to you in and through the day. And we'll read a couple of scriptures that'll tell you why that happens in just a moment. All right, let's move on to the next slide, please, guys. Kingdom hope, it's deeply tied in the activity of the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. Again, kingdom hope is not passive. It's not a weight back. It's pa- sometimes it's, it's, it's heavily involved in patience and expectation, but it's not passive in that sense. Even in the waiting, hope is not passive to the believer. The Bible, I don't want to try and convince you. I simply want to read some scriptures to you that will show you how hope often is working alongside of or with other gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, in order to center and focus on that thing we just talked about, the lean back that we can can move forward. So let's look at a few of them together. Hebrews 11 verse 1, and I, I've got them here. Sorry, I haven't, didn't have time to get them up on the screen. Apologies about that, but you can look them up later. Now faith is confidence. This faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do, do not see. Faith and hope working together. Romans 5, 3 to 5. Oh, I've got to go there because that's just a wonderful, wonderful... Um, passage centered on peace and hope and gift to you David you can or whoever's next week this could be a good one Um, three to five and it says um, not only so but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love there's hope and love working together God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13. And now these three remain. What are they? Faith, hope, and love. I think we do pretty well sometimes with faith and love, or at least we explore them uh, uh, quite a bit through, through our, our lives or, or different teachings. But sometimes I think hope is the, 
the, the lonely one that sits out there a little bit that we don't explore as much as maybe we should of how, how is hope interacting and working with those? Why would Paul say that those three, after giving such an amazing spiel on love, and he then says that the greatest of these is love, why would he throw faith and hope alongside of love? And it's worth exploring. It really is worth exploring in your own personal life. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Lots of these have come out in prayers this morning, by the way. If you were paying attention, you would have heard some of these words and, and themes coming out and through some of the um, words of knowledge and prophetic utterances that were coming out. With all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you o may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that passage. I love it, how hope is working alongside. And it actually says that, that when, we, when we lean back on God, that we might move forward in his hope because it's him. Remember, he's the anchor, the lens of the kingdom hope, not maybe wishes or, or desires, that, that we get filled with joy and peace. And as we get filled with joy and peace, it has this flow-on effect that hope actually overflows out of us. Now that is cool for the world today. If the people of Jesus have hope overflowing out of them, not just hidden inside, but actually coming out, spewing out, inviting people into it, stepping into it, being a part of the story and wondering what is going on. What a wonderful, wonderful word for our world today, that there is hope beyond your present circumstance. Look at my life. Look at the joy. It doesn't mean the circumstances are necessarily gone. And biblical hope is very much about stepping into those circumstances, sometimes not with the outcome that we might want, but still leaning in in order that we might move forward. The conscious choice to say, my hope is in God because I know who he is and I know what he's promised. So I might not be seeing it yet, but I still lean, look back in order to move forward. I'll leave Psalm 25 for you to go and read. It's just another gold passage. Um, you might know it from a, a song, I think um, Third Day sung it. Um, my hope is you, show me your ways, guide me in truth um, in all my days. There's a sense that, it, again, that hope is not passive. It starts with this in Psalm 25, the connection of hope, and it ends with the psalmist saying, my hope is in you. So everything in between is, is blanketed by this sense that hope in God drives everything else that happens in their life as they call on him, trust on him, ask him to protect them. Read Psalm 25, another gold one, where, the, where, where kingdom hope is in activity, is not passive, but it's a calling us forward and moving us forward. Hope moves us away from passively waiting and, and, act, and into active engagement of dependency on God. We might see a friend in need and come and say, I've got faith to see change for you. Activating faith and hope and bringing the two together for that person. Let's look back together Let's do that together and call on the promises of God and who he is that we could call you forward. We'll do, let's do that together. I want to I activate my kingdom hope. That let's call on the faithfulness of God to break in 
and let's hope together this Christmas season. Maybe it's personal. Again, Romans 15, 13, trusting in him, the good, the bad, and the downright ugly. We are filled with joy and peace. We can still be filled with joy and peace. These are not just, again, Disney movie things. These are kingdom truths that, yes, through circumstances, no matter what is going on, the God of hope can fill you with joy and peace through his miraculous power. It's on him, remember? It's possible. It's not just something you need to dream about at Christmas. No matter what you're going through, it's on offer today, right here and right now. And we actually experienced some of that through worship just before. It was moving powerfully amongst us. Maybe it's a global, you, you, you're invited in for, to, to the, the, the kingdom hope at a global level. Maybe this Advent season, God will say, you, you know, I've placed in you that you've got a call where you can look broader and at the biggest story of God and you can call in kingdom hope like through situations in the Ukraine where you choose to step in. You may not know the outcome. You don't necessarily know the outcome. But what you know is the truth about who God is. The gifting is placed in you. And so you get on your knees and you pray and you intercede for those situations. And you invite kingdom hope. And we call on the God of miracles, like the God who broke in in World War II and called the king called England and said, pray this night because we're just about done, summarizing. We're just about done and Germany's just about through. And he said, pray. And all of England got on their knees and prayed and miracles happened that night. That's the level we're talking about when we talk about inviting kingdom hope at a global level. The invitation may be there for some or many of us to enter into that place on this season. Where is God asking? My other simple question, where is the Lord asking you to bring kingdom hope this season? Is it a personal level? Is it with a friend, a co-worker? Is it global? Is it all three? Either way, follow him into kingdom hope. And the third one, let's move on, guys. Last one. This is, the, this is the kicker about hope. Kingdom hope exists in a place of tension. There's two words used in, in, the, in the Old Testament in particular uh, for, for hope. And one is yachal. I did my best there, sorry. Um, my Hebrew. And it means to wait for. It literally means to wait for. So there's a sense of, and, of, of again, we say we... we we look back, so it's a waiting on God. My, my, my hope is in you, God. I'm, I'm waiting for you to break into this circumstance. And the other one is a little more active in Kaval, where it means still a bit to wait, but it's with a sense of tension and anticipation or expectation that something's going to happen. Something's about to break in and it's about to happen. And, and it has its roots in, in the sense of like a rope when it's, when it's really tense and pulled. There's this real tension in the robe and there's a sense of, oh, something's about to break, something's about to give here. And that's the root of where Kaval, kingdom hope, comes from. And we know this tension and this waiting with expectation well in the vineyard. It's not a stretch necessarily for us to think about it because we are people who choose to wrestle with the now and the not yet of the kingdom. We live in tension. 
And as Peter said, we are a living hope. We call on the kingdom to break into the now. We are constantly pushing up towards the threshold where the now and the not yet divide. So think practically, it's like if this, sorry to the video guys if this messes it up, um, if this edge of the stage is the threshold between the now and the not yet, it's not as, not as thick as you might think, and that's not as big a step you might think to take between the now and the not yet. But hope, kingdom hope, says to us, don't, don't back away from the threshold. Don't move away. Kingdom hope says, step up. Come right up on the threshold. Let your hope be in God and who he is and invite the kingdom to come in. And at the right time, take the step. Take the step. Let hope be fulfilled. We realize hope. It gets realized. It becomes a part of our life. And then we go to the next situation in life, and guess what? We're back up. And we just step to the threshold. Don't move away. Come right up to the threshold. Kingdom hope. Step in. Invite it in. And we do it again. And off we go in life. And if I did that a few more times, I would get very, very out of breath. So I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but what that does show you and what you can almost see my breath now is we can get weary we get weary sometimes when we get asked to step up to the threshold all the time and I asked the Lord for an analogy to kind of help, help us grasp that and it reminded me yesterday I was hedging with some, some friends doing some hedging and as I was doing the hedging suddenly I noticed at the top of this beautiful hedge there was a different leaf I was like, oh, here we go. There's going to be a vine in and through there. And, and the Lord said, the enemy comes and attacks um, hope very subtly a lot of the time. And you see, the vine that was in those hedges, as beautiful as it was, it would have started with a little seed that got dropped out of, I don't know, bird poop, whatever, bat poop, whatever it might be. And it's under the hedge, so it's not seen necessarily. It's in amongst the beauty and that little vine starts to grow. And again, still not noticed, it's behind the scenes, but it's starting to make its way through the branches. And it doesn't have much strength necessarily at that point, but it's moving its way through and it's wrapping around and it's getting itself all the way to the top. And eventually, you start to see leaves come out of the top and the vine's achieved its purpose. It's now getting sunlight to strengthen itself. And as it's getting that sunlight, Suddenly, all the things that have twisted around the branches, they start to ten bring tension. They start to squeeze. And it starts to get thicker and thicker around the branches. And it starts to sap the life out of those branches. But it's happening over time. It's not always visible. But it's chipping away and squeezing and squeezing and wrapping and squeezing again. And then it moves itself onto the next tree. And it begins to wrap itself around again and squeeze itself and pull it out. And I felt like the Lord said today, and I want to move into a bit of ministry time around kingdom hope, was centered on that. That there's some people here that the vine's taken hold through this year. And it's squeezing hope. It's starting, you really, you're like, I, I'm not sure if I'm up on the threshold or not. And there's an invitation from the Lord today to come back up to the threshold of the now and the not yet, to invite hope 
back into your life, that you would activate it and come and see it happening again more and more in your life. But there's also some people here that have circumstances in their lives where you're just like, I, I can't, this, this word hope, I, I just feel like I'm going day to day. And that vine that we talked about is squeezing you. And I feel like the Lord wants to cut it off. He wants to, he wants to take its power away and, and release the branches, release the life back into you that you would have the joy, the peace, the patience, the perseverance, the character, the, the kindness, the mercy, all the things that we're invited into this Advent season as we think about it and we live in hope. And so would you stand with me this morning? Cool. All right. So, um, simple um, call this morning. If life circumstances, situations, either your, your own choices or those around you that are impacting you, have, they're like the vine around your life. They're, they're starting to squeeze and you really know it. You can feel it. You can sense it. I just want to invite you now... Um, just raise your hand. That, that's the easy way to start this. That's a simple physical act to, just to acknowledge what's going on. Okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit, and we invite you here to continue to move amongst us as you already have been this morning. I invite you, Lord, to increase kingdom hope in this room. We as your people, we choose to look back in order to move forward. We, we choose to declare you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Son of man come to earth, the one who lived in right relationship with the Father, the one who died on behalf of each and every one of us and who rose again and now sits at the right hand of God. We look at you, our living hope, and we lean into you. Those that raised your hand, I just want to invite you, if you want to come forward, we'd love to pray for you today. There's lots and lots of hope in the kingdom, hope in this room. And if you don't feel like you have it, others do, and they're going to come alongside you. And they're going to cry, you're going to cry out together to see that come back. So I want to invite you now, come on out. Come to the threshold. Step back up to the threshold. That vine has no place in your life. I say it again. And to all the spiritual powers that would be trying to be in operation of convincing you not to come forward, I say that vine has no place in your life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We invite you to come and move on those that are at the front. And now also move on those that are in the chairs. I invite you, people of Jesus, to come forward and pray. Pray for those who are desperate to see hope come back into their lives and to see more break, kingdom breakthrough, to step over the threshold. Come and pray for them now. 
to those of you in the seats, I encourage you, engage in kingdom hope throughout this week and through this Advent season. Live in hope. Let others see it. Not just a wish or a feeling, but they would actually see it in your life. And you could declare the glory and the wonder of Jesus to them. Bless you as you do that this week. I'm just going to ask you again, Holy Spirit, as the service wraps up, that you would move amongst those that are up front. Move in power. Breakthrough, kingdom breakthrough in Jesus' name. Come on.